is Bridging the Gap with Love, episode 26, Alex's Story, part two. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about adoption. As we share our own experiences and the stories of others, we hope to provide support for those in the adoption world and educate others on the joy and grief of adoption. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get into today's episode, which is one we are very excited about, we, we are always excited. <laughs> Let's be honest. We love doing this. So we are excited about today's episode, but I wanted to give you a heads up. Next month is November, which is National Adoption Month. We have a whole schedule planned for next month where we're going to be talking to an adoptive dad. We're going to be talking to an adoptive dad within the foster care system. We're going to be talking to somebody who has also adopted her children through the foster care system and how she has a mission in life to help others know that that is one of the options to adopt. We're just excited for these episodes because it is new interviews and it's it's expanding this adoption conversation that we've been able to have. And so we're really excited to have these people on. So I cannot wait for you to hear them coming up next month in November. We will also have some fun things on our Instagram page. We're going to have some little facts and, and maybe dispelling some myths. So we're really excited about November coming up. But first we have Alex here, who's my birth daughter, and she is here in the flesh, not on Zoom, and not in a clawfish somewhere. We are actually in at my house. She is here visiting, and we are so excited that she is here. And Jessica, how was it actually like meeting her in the flesh today? Kind of felt like I had already met Alex because I've heard so much about her and because she's a part of you, Heidi, too. I feel like, oh, wow, like here she is. <laughs> of course, this is what she looks like. And of course, she's so beautiful inside and out. So it was really special to give her a hug this morning, but I felt like I kind of already knew her. So maybe we did. Yeah. You know, who knows? Anyway, we're really excited to talk a little bit more um, with Alex here today. In her previous episode, which was episode 16, she talked about what it was like being there in Bear Lake with all of this new family and meeting Heidi's family and her siblings. And then also what it was like for her growing up, knowing that she was adopted. Today, we're really excited to talk to her about kind of like her teenage years and where she is now. Alex is 20 years old. So, you know, the way she processes her own adoption and and how that's changed over the years. So we're excited to talk to her today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here today. I've just been kind of wondering over the last few months, how has it been listening to our podcast and hearing Heidi and I share stories and especially, you know, share our hearts about adoption online. So it's actually been really cool to listen to everyone's perspectives and different stories with Jessica and her kids and their the birth moms involved with that. And then also just little things with Heidi and her parents talking about it has been super cool. And it's actually really fun to be here in person um, hearing you guys talk. So that's really fun. Um, but I think it's really cool that you guys are doing a podcast about adoption because I think so many people out there need to hear about different stories. And like you guys have said before, each adoption story is so different. And so I think it's awesome to have different perspectives with your guys' stories and then asking if people 
have questions and like answering those questions I think is super cool. Um, I love sharing this podcast with different people who want to know more about adoption because when I tell people that I'm adopted, they're always like asking me all these questions and I kind of just give them the podcast to listen to also. Um, I've had a couple clients that ask me like they're thinking about adopting and so I share them my story and then I also share the podcast with them because then they can kind of hear from an adoptive mom's perspective and then also a birth mom's perspective, which is really cool. So I love doing this and I love listening to you guys. And I think this is really awesome. I'm glad that you approve. When Jessica and I had this idea way back in April, maybe very early May, I texted Andrea and Alex and I was like, hey, I have this idea. It's I really feel like the Lord is directing us in this area. Are you okay with it? Because I do want to mention that I re- I really did ask permission. I was like, I'm going to be name dropping a lot. Like this is kind of about you guys. So um, they both kind of gave me the the green light and the well wishes, and that has meant a lot to me because I really felt like this is something that we were supposed to do. And knowing that I had their support just really helped move us forward to do something that we really wanted to do. Yeah, I think sometimes in adoption, one of the reasons why we don't hear more stories is because they do involve so many people. And each member in this adoption story often has a different perspective about, you know, how they think about it. And so I think something that's been really cool about this podcast is that we have been able to hear from Alex and Andrea, her adoptive mom, and also her birth mom. And also in my story, hear from, you know, me and adoptive mom, and then also my kids' birth moms. Um, And hopefully one day, my girls are actually really excited to come on our podcast. Um, Prepare yourselves, you guys. Like, that will be a whirlwind for sure. I cannot wait to put a microphone in front of them. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) It really will. So anyway, I, I do. I think it's pretty special to have the permission and just the ability to be able to share everybody's um, perspective on, on adoption. Um, I do also think that it's cool to have everyone kind of involved as well. I do appreciate that Heidi reached out to us and just asked us if we were okay with her kind of sharing her story and sharing our story and talking about us as well. Um, I do remember a couple times in the past she has been like interviewed for different things like other podcasts and stuff and she would always ask us if we were okay if she kind of shared our story and if she had talked about me or like mentioned my name which I really appreciated because that kind of made me feel more secure about that and it made me feel a little better about like how she was sharing it I was just really glad that she got our permission first even though we probably would have been fine with it anyways but it was just good to to that she gave us the heads up and that she asked us if that was okay so I love that Thanks. And that kind of goes with our episode last week of Healthy Boundaries. So if you listen to that one, throw that in there. If you're going to talk about or maybe go on some kind of platform, just ask permission. And actually, we kind of talked about this a little bit this morning where Alex said, you know, I, I noticed that you don't ever say my birth father's name on the podcast. And, it, and it's honestly because I have not asked his permission. And so I don't want to share his name or share anything that I th- that I think that maybe would make him slightly uncomfortable. And I just feel like that's his story to share. And and so I just share my perspective and I let others share their perspective, but still really wanting to respect him um, as Alex's birth father 
and just speak highly of how much he was very supportive at that time. But other than that, I, I don't because I haven't really been able to talk to him about that. So I really do try and protect everybody's, you know, own privacy, but I, thanks for saying that, Alex. I, I didn't realize that that meant so much to you. So thank you. So Alex, we'd love for you to kind of take us back to maybe your teenage years. And once you started really understanding um, being adopted and what that was like for you processing that and maybe any advice that you would have to other kids that have been adopted. Yeah. So um, what I kind of think of first is when, like I kind of mentioned in my previous um, episode, I always knew growing up that I was adopted, which I highly recommend. Um, I think that really... I loved that it was more of a normalized thing, and I think that it really helped me kind of understand things a lot better. Um, So going from there, because I had met Heidi when I was five, and as a five-year-old, you don't really remember, like, a ton of stuff. So I I remember seeing her and kind of understanding who she was to me, but not entirely. Um, And then I didn't see her again until I was 13. And right before that visit, when I was 13... Um, it was kind of more last minute. Uh, she was in town with her family and she was visiting some cousins of hers and she had reached out to my mom and mentioned that she was wondering if we would want to meet her and say hi and visit with the kids. And so my mom, uh, she said yes. And then she asked me right before we were about to leave if that was going to be okay. And I was kind of shocked at first just because I wasn't expecting it. But um, she did give me the option to kind of back out. Like if I wasn't ready, then she said, we don't have to do this. Like it's totally up to you, which I do appreciate um, getting that choice to choose whether or not I was ready. And I think if we would have talked about it a little more before, that probably would have helped me be able to process it a little better. But it was kind of just like a last minute thing since they were in town and it ended up going really great. So we ended up going and I was like, yes, like this will be fine. I've been super curious about Heidi recently. So I think we should do it. And we met in a park, which was a nice neutral space, um, which I really liked. And we met her and then her husband and her four kids. And so that was really interesting the first time I had met them because I feel like I was I was still trying to process everything and I would I think I was trying to pick out different like features that Heidi had that I also might have had and trying to kind of like relate a little more and see what we had in common. Um, It was kind of like awkward at first, I feel like, because I was a 13 year old, you know, just a teenager who was just an awkward kid and (laughs) So, but it ended up going really good. Um, We talked for a while and we played on the playground and I met Jared, which was super cool because, you know, like I've said before, he's treated me like I'm one of his own kids too. So that's really awesome. So then after when it was over, when the meeting was over and we were leaving, um, Heidi gave me a big hug and we both kind of got emotional, which is weird for me because I... (laughs) Like, it's not, it's not weird now. I'm emotional now. But back then, I feel like I was never, like, I would never cry in front of anyone. And I was never really emotional with that. But hugging her, I got emotional. And she started crying. And I think she, I can't remember if you had mentioned this or maybe you mentioned it to me later that you weren't sure, like, when we were going to see each other again. You weren't sure if it was going to be, like, another 
eight plus years, you know. Um, and then, so you hugged me and you said that you loved me. And I said it back. And I thought that was really cute because I was, yeah. I don't, I just knew that I loved you. And I, we were both crying and it was such a good moment. So that was really awesome. Yeah, I remember hugging you. And for those of you that don't, maybe you haven't seen pictures of us, but I am 5'10". Alex is 5'4". And probably when she was 13, maybe she was a little bit shorter, yeah. but she fit like her head like rested perfectly like right on my chest. And so I just remember like holding her and hugging her and crying. And I said to her, I know you probably don't understand this, but I love you so much. And she paused for a minute and she said, I love you too. And I was just like, like cry, I cried even more. It was, but she's right. I really did. I had no idea if it would be another eight years before I saw her again. So that was really hard. It took me a long time to process coming off of that, that meeting. And it just took me a good, probably a good solid 12 hours to just process everything, think through everything and cry a lot because it was just a lot of unknowns at the time. So I don't know how you felt about afterwards, but that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Afterwards was, it was very interesting because I also didn't know when I was going to see you again. Um, I know that the the communication still stayed between you and my mom, which I thought was really good. Um, afterwards, I, I my mom was asking me about it, and I was I know I was like really kind of stressed going into it, but I did feel like a lot better afterwards. Um, and I think my mom did think it was a good time to see you. Like that timing ended up being really good with you coming into town, because I had I think. Previously, I was kind of talking to her about it and, like, asking more questions, and so that was a good time um, to do that, and afterwards, I just felt really grateful that we got to see each other again, even though it had been so long. I do feel like being 13, like, I felt like that was, I was old enough to really understand everything that was going on, and so, yeah, it was, I just felt really good after so when I turned 14, I received my patriarchal blessing, which is kind of like a special letter that we receive from our Heavenly Father. You can pretty much get it at any age, but I decided to get it before I went into high school because I thought maybe it would answer some of my personal questions that I was having and kind of help me guide me through my teenage years and going through high school. Um, in my patriarchal blessing, it did mention uh, specifically, it said that my timing of me coming to earth and being born was not a mistake, which was like a huge thing for me at the time, because I think growing up, um, I kind of just felt like m like the timing of me being born was all a mistake because, you know, I was born out of wedlock and all of that stuff that people tend to say. So I kind of felt like I was being abandoned or that I wasn't supposed to be born. And that was kind of really hard, especially as a young teenager going through that. And so this blessing meant a lot to me because it did say the timing was not a mistake and that this happened for a reason. And I do think that's probably a normal feeling that honestly anyone might have uh, throughout their life, especially if you are adopted, you might feel like you're unwanted or that you were a mistake, um, different feelings like that, that you were abandoned. And honestly, I do think that's kind of normal. Um, I did feel like 
I was alone at times feeling like that because I wasn't sure if this was a normal feeling. But I think it's all part of like timing has a lot to do with it. And I think it does just take a lot of time to understand the situation and understand everything that went into it and knowing that you were not a mistake. Like everything does happen for a reason. I do believe that. And I really do think that this is something good for everyone to realize that you probably will feel like this at a time and that's normal. I think the first time that I heard Alex say that she felt abandoned, I felt extremely guilty. I felt like, oh crap, like I did this to her. Like that's my fault that I made her feel abandoned, that I made her feel that she wasn't wanted. And I then had to take a step back and realize, wait a minute, this isn't about me. Like this is about her feelings and her processes processes, and how she is able to work through this. And I think that it, like she just said, it's an actually, it's actually a very normal thing to think and kind of have to work through. And I think that when you do work through that and you come out on the other end of that, you are just better for it. So I really had to not allow myself to feel completely guilty about that because I knew that the choice that I made was the right one. And I had to allow her to just go through the process, you know, how she had to go through it. So I kind of wonder, you know, at that age and receiving that blessing and hearing those words that kind of answered that question, did that kind of put some of those feelings to rest for you? Or does that something you had to continue to wrestle with? Or did that help you move forward into your teenage years? Yeah, I do feel like it really did help me. And even to this day, it's helped me. I think everyone is going to have doubts at some point in their life when they're going through a hard time. And I think going back to that blessing and just thinking about those words really did help me because even when I do have doubts now, I know that it's not true. And I really do think it's helped me to this day. I don't think... I don't ever really feel like that anymore. I don't, I know that I was wanted. I know that I was brought here for a reason and that the timing was perfect. And I do know those things. And so, yeah, that hasn't really been a problem with me lately. I feel like it's really given me confidence in my identity today and why I was brought here. So naturally, after meeting Heidi, I think I did find myself more curious about my birth father. Uh, Usually, I think this was around the age 15 and 16, um, when I was more curious about him and kind of just wanting to know a little more about him. When I turned 16, I know my mom did give me more like baby pictures that Heidi had taken of me. So that was really cool. And I did like that she would always come to me first and ask me if I was ready for more things or more information, which I really did appreciate because it kind of let me take time to myself to figure out if I was ready to see those things. And I think it really did help me take time to wrap my head around it and kind of prepare myself to see pictures of this person who did play a part in me being born. And this is The other like half of my identity almost where like we do have similar features and we do look alike in some ways. So I did like taking that time to process that before I did see that. And I'm glad that my mom talked to me about that before. 
Also, around this age, when you're 15 and 16, you're kind of dealing with regular teenage stuff. Um, I did have a lot going on in my personal life. That was a lot for me to handle at that age. And I think around this time was when Heidi was wanting more, like, face-to-face, like either FaceTime or even, like, phone calls. And even though we had seen each other Um, in person, probably like once every year, I did feel like doing FaceTime was still too much for me. Um, I was, I feel like I would just get really nervous and get a lot of anxiety about it. And I felt like I was not ready for that at the time. And what I loved, um, is what my mom would do is when Heidi would reach out to her asking if she could FaceTime, my mom would come to me first and ask me if that was something I was ready for and if I felt comfortable FaceTiming her. And there were a few times where I said I didn't think I was ready and there was just a lot going on. And so she would talk to Heidi and she would go back to Heidi and explain that like maybe I had other stuff going on or that I just maybe wasn't ready for that time. At this time, I remember asking if we could FaceTime or have phone conversations because I kind of felt like we were at that point. But also... I just have always felt, not always, I've been working on this, that it's always better if I ask. Because if I ask, the worst that could happen is a no. And really, is that the worst that could happen? Not really. Like her saying no was not the worst thing ever in the whole world that happened to me. But it was, I just prepared myself. I'm going to ask and she could say yes. And then we could have a phone conversation and she could also say no. And that would be, that would be okay too. And I just had to just prepare myself that that was their right to say no at that moment in time. And I think that because I was okay with the no's, it allowed time for more yeses in the future. Yeah. And I just want to chime in here as an adoptive mom, because anytime a birth parent is reaching out to you, this is their way of showing love for your child. And even if the timing isn't perfectly right for your family, I would just recognize it for what it is. Like they're reaching out. They want a relationship. Like that's a good thing. Like that's what we want for our kids. We want them to have this sense of belonging, this sense of like being wanted, like that they, that they're wanted by both of these families. And so you don't need to feel like, like it's not a problem. Like even if it doesn't work for you right then, just recognize that, that that is them kind of extending like this um, desire to, like have a relationship with your child and and you can make that work for your family however is best. Yeah, I did love how Heidi was so curious to get to know me and that she was always reaching out because to me that did show that she cared. So I am glad that she was always asking and she always did want to either see me or FaceTime because that was her way of showing me that she was interested in me. She was interested in my life and what was going on with me. And that was her way of showing me that she cared for me. I knew that even if I wasn't ready, that it would be okay. And my mom could communicate that with her. And I knew that Heidi was going to be okay with that. And that Heidi would always be there for when I was ready to progress the relationship with her. Yeah, so I was just wondering if there were times that you were like worried about saying no to me. Like if you were, if it was going to, if you were worried about hurting my feelings and how that affected you. And I'm asking this question because I know the answer, not because, did you think you were going to hurt my feelings? Like, 
just so you all know, I know what she's going to say, but I want her to share this with you guys because I think it's really important. Yes, I was really nervous about how Heidi was going to take it. I didn't want to hurt her feelings because I knew that she was just doing it out of love and that she wanted to have this relationship with me. Um, So during this time, I was actually going to therapy and I was talking to my therapist about the meetings that I was having with Heidi and kind of the relationship that me and her were developing at the time and kind of how I wanted it to go from there. Um, I did explain how I was nervous about telling Heidi like if I was ready or not. Something that was really cool that my therapist said to me is she said, Heidi is an adult. And she can take care of her own feelings. You are the child in the situation. So you just need to worry about how you're feeling and whether or not you're ready, which was really cool for me to hear because it kind of let me take a step back from the situation and almost look at it from an outside perspective. And knowing that I was the kid in this situation, it did help me realize that Heidi can take care of herself and that it's not my fault if she feels bad for something that I'm not ready for yet. And I do think that it was good that we took things a lot slower because I think we wouldn't be able to get to the point where we're at today if we didn't take those tiny baby steps and making sure that I was ready for that relationship to grow more. And one of those baby steps actually was doing Marco Polos. Heidi recently explained kind of that we would Marco Polo on one of the previous episodes. And Marco Polo was really cool because it was like a FaceTime, but not. You can see each other's faces and still have that conversation. But it was nice that it wasn't like right then and there at the same time because it kind of gave you a minute to think about what you wanted to say. And if you felt awkward saying what you were saying, you could always delete it and send it again. And it's fun because you can just react to each other's messages. And I loved having my mom right there with me. She would Marco Polo me. We did it on her phone. So that was nice too because all the communication was still between her and my mom. I just also got to be a part of that. I remember Heidi would have... Um, her kids, Marco Polo with us also. So that was really fun to get to chat with them. And I really liked doing that because I felt a lot more comfortable being able to do that with my mom rather than just a FaceTime. So I don't know if anybody knows any Marco Polo uh, makers out there, but (laughs) we could use the sponsorship of Marco Polo. We've used their name quite a few times. I'm just kidding, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's an awesome like means for communication and adoption, actually. Like, better than Instagram and Facebook and even phone calls and text messaging at times like Marco Polo is like a very good in between. I think it's just a good example of thinking outside the box of working, figuring out what works for each person in this relationship. And for some reason, we thought of Marco Polo. I don't even remember how that started. I don't remember if Alex Marco Polo me first or if I Marco Polo her, but it seemed to be a good platform for us to both be comfortable with so that later on we could, you know, work up to FaceTime or whatever it was at that at that time. I also think it's important to kind of talk about, you know, it, it kind of sounds like really like magical of all these visits that we were able to have with each other from 13 on. But I think it would be 
fun and also important to talk about the anxiety that we would both feel right before these visits that we would have. I talked about this when we reviewed the Lifemark movie and how it perfectly depicted the birth mom pacing back and forth and kind of anticipating what this reunion would be like with her birth son. And I will say, you know, that first time when she was five and then 13, I had those feelings of like, oh my gosh, what is she going to think of me? Um, How is this going to go? But then after that, like 14 and up, I remember being super anxious, but it was more like anxiously excited and still being like, I hope she still thinks I'm cool. And I hope she still wants to be around me. And I would just get really excited, but I would have a little bit of, of that anxiety. And then it was interesting because every time we would be together after the first few minutes, it would almost just feel like we just known each other our whole lives. And it was completely natural. I mean, I don't know how you felt about that, Alex. Yeah, I agree. I feel like before anytime we would meet, I would have a little bit of anxiety and almost it was an excitement because I was really excited to see you and to hang out with you. And I knew it was always going to be fun no matter what we did. I did have a lot of that anxious like nerves going on right before we would meet and then once we started talking and hanging out for a few minutes and afterwards like I knew it was going to be fine and that it wasn't going to be awkward or weird and so I definitely felt a lot better after that but I honestly think it's normal to feel like anxious before you meet your birth mom or birth dad Uh, Just because that is a different relationship that you're going to have, like they might not feel like a mom or a dad to you and that's going to be normal trying to figure out how you're going to feel about them. So I think feeling a little anxious or scared or nervous before is going to be completely normal. Jess, do you feel that way as an adoptive mom? Like, do you have those feelings of anxiety and nervousness before you get together with your kids' birth moms? Yeah, I do. I think anxiety is just a part of the deal in adoption. Uh, Like anxiety, awkwardness, like all of it's just par for the course. (laughs) Um, But like just because you're feeling anxious doesn't mean it's not right or that it's not good. I think it's just, it's interesting how even as an adoptive mom, like I feel really secure, obviously, in the relationships that I have with my kids. But when you're bringing somebody else into that, like there's different insecurities that come up or different questions or you even just worry about like simple things like, are we going to be able to keep up conversation, you know, or what are we going to talk about or how is this going to go? That that happens even to this day um, for me as I prepare to get together with our kids, birth families. But kind of like you mentioned, once we're together and we're with each other, we kind of just settle into this rhythm and it feels really normal and natural and familiar. And um, anyway, but yeah, that anxiety is a part of the deal beforehand for sure. I really think a lot of it has to do with the unknown of the feelings that could come up. And so most of us, all of us in these relationships, there's not another relationship like this, even if, again, like Jessica, you have two birth moms, even those two stories are not the exact same. And those two relationships are not the exact same. So you're going to have these feelings of anxiousness or nervousness because it's almost trying to, trying to prepare your mind for what could happen or what feelings am I going to have, or this, what's the process I'm going to go through before or after or during. And it's a lot of unknowns. A lot of times anxiety is caused because of the unknowns. And I love how you said it doesn't mean that it's not right. So we're trying to prepare ourselves. And sometimes we just, we, it's just part of the process. We get to have that anxiety. So 
So like thinking about how far you've come since these visits at like age 13, 14, and as you process this as a teenager, like now here you are sitting in a room with Heidi, like you got on a plane to come visit her. Like I think that just speaks volumes to how far this relationship has come over the years. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I think it's really cool how much the relationship has progressed ever since we first met when I was 13. Um, I know Heidi mentioned this in, I think, the last episode, but I think it was when I was either, maybe I was 19 when we first got each other's phone numbers. Um, So even when I was 18 and, like, I still wanted to wait a little while to make sure that I was ready to have her phone number and... I did appreciate that Heidi did tell me, hey, like, even though we have each other's phone numbers now, don't worry, like, I won't text you every day. You know, like, this will just be, like, a normal thing. I want you to feel comfortable with this. And you can reach out to me whenever you want to. And then I'll just reach out to you every once in a while. So I thought that was really good. So moving on from ages, like, 18 and 19, um, that was actually a really cool moment during that time because I was the same age that Heidi was when she placed me for adoption. And I think that also really helped me understand the whole situation better. Um, And kind of like Heidi has said in the past, like I do think it does take time to move on and be able to understand things a lot better and for the relationship to get better. I do think it just takes a lot of time. When I was younger, I don't think I would have been able to understand everything that Heidi had to go through in order to place me for adoption. So I think when I was the age that she was, I was looking back at everything that she had to do in order for me to be placed with the right family. And I think like I definitely couldn't have done it. And I think it was really brave of Heidi to do that. So I just know like being that same age and like thinking about, oh, what would I do if I was in this situation definitely helped me understand like why she placed me up for adoption, why she gave me to the to my family, like why that was the right move for not only her, but also me because she was definitely thinking about like the best thing for me at the time, which is really good for me to understand now. After Bear Lake, I realized that I did want to see Heidi a lot sooner than probably she was expecting, honestly. Yes, I would agree with that. It was a lot sooner, but I, t- I took it. Let's go with it. Um, yeah, I feel like I was just on such a high after meeting with her and all of her family that I just wanted more of it. And it kind of sucks that everyone lives like across the states because we can we can't really do that super often. But it was so much fun being around them and just like fitting in so well with the family that I wanted that again. And I thought like, why not go hang out with Heidi? Because she's always visited Utah and like either by herself or with her kids and with Jared, like she's always just come and seen us. And I was like, oh, like, why not have me just act, just go out there? And so I called her up and I was like, hey, can I come see you? Can I come visit? And she said, yeah. So after that, I actually, I think I FaceTimed her for that. Um, and we looked at plane tickets and I thought, why not October? Because it's also my favorite month and it's spooky season. So I wanted to hang out with Heidi and do like fun Halloween stuff. 
So the time actually went by really fast and I feel like I just booked the plane ticket yesterday and you know, I flew out here and now I'm here. So that's really fun. And I'm glad that time leading up to it went super fast because I've just been so excited to hang out with her and spend time with her and the kids. And I'm hoping that this week goes by slow <laughs> to just embrace all of it and to have fun and do everything with you. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to get away without crying. Nope. Right. First of all, I feel like now would be an appropriate time to tell you that Halloween is not my favorite. <laughs> just kidding. I know she's devastated, you guys. I'm just kidding. I like it. It's fine. We'll do some fun stuff. Jared decorated so well for you. But I have just had to like pinch myself numerous times to think that she was coming at first. I was like, I don't. And I'm glad it went fast for you because it didn't go very fast for me, oh, yeah. which is fine. <laughs> but I just kept talking about it and being excited. And I remember last night I was getting a little bit tired because her flight came in super late. And Jared's like, wake up. You've been waiting for this moment for 20 years. And I was like, he's right. I have been. So I just feel very um, like humbled and honored that you want to come and spend this time with us and just do all of the fun things together and it really is like 20 years in the making earlier we were looking at uh this scrapbook that i made for alex when well, i made it to like remember alex when she was a baby and it has all these newborn pictures in it and some pictures of her when she was just a few weeks old that her parents had sent me and i had these moments where i was looking at her looking at her baby pictures and us looking at these pictures of us like it, it's it was kind of mind-blowing that I was having these moments because looking at these pictures I was remembering all of those moments and just not even fathoming that this could happen and here she is now sitting in front of me as a 20 year old woman and it's been already amazing and it's not even been 24 hours yet and I agree I don't want the time to go by fast. I want it to slow down. So just thanks, Alex, for being here and for being willing to being interviewed again. Because I always think it's really important to have an adoptee perspective. And thanks so much for being here and just being a part of it. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me be here. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs>